Welcome back to another episode of the White Tail Bloodline Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Sauters, and I truly appreciate you guys joining me for this episode. I got co-host Tyler Wilbur once again, and our guest on this episode is Carson. He's an Ohio kid. He's 17 years old, and last year in 2021 season, he killed a giant non-typical buck, ended up scoring in the high 200s, just shy of 260, so it's a buck that uh, most people dream of, and a lot of people can't even dream of a buck that big. He didn't think he was going to ever wrap his hands around the 200-inch buck, and who would have thought it would be 60 inches above that? This is a pretty wild story from how it all unfolded and uh, everything that happened after it, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's a great one. Carson's an awesome kid. He's humble, and he's, he's fired up, very mature for his age, so I appreciate him taking the time to record this one. And uh, without further ado, let's get Carson on the phone. But uh, how you doing, man? All pretty good. You got uh, me, I'm Gavin, this is my voice, and then you got Tyler in here as well. What's right. going on, Carson? Not much. But uh, yeah, man, excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, our, our main topic is going to be that giant you killed last year, 2021, and uh, talk about that, see where it goes. We usually get in a couple rabbit holes, but we're excited to have you on the podcast and uh, excited to see where it's going to take us, man. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, let's just start off with a little background on you, Carson, like who you are, uh, like how old are you, where are you from? My name's Carson Putnam, obviously. I'm from Ross County, Ohio, and I'm 17. Very nice. Yeah, man. I, I knew you were a little young, didn't know how young you were, but you, uh, it seems like you come from a hunting family, so how, like, how'd you get into hunting? Oh, I think I would have been five or six when I first started, one of my first okay. hunts. So nice. just grew up with dad hunting sisters. I have two sisters. I got two older sisters. The one she's turning 20 tomorrow. And then the one turned 23 in March. Okay. So, so you're the baby of the fam. I am the baby of the family. Yep. So my man, babies are the best people. Everybody knows that. Come on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, let's just get into that buck, uh, that 2021 buck, uh, uh, we'll we'll talk a little briefly about him. Like, how big was that buck? I mean, a buck like that, it's hard to judge how big he actually is. Well, he looks a lot smaller on camera than he actually is. But mm-hmm. he's also, he's not huge. He's he's compact. But everything inside of that tight rack, it's just got mass and length. And it's just unique. So, he had a an 8-inch spread. And he was, really, that's all he was, was eight inches? Yep. And from, from the pedicle to the top of the antlers, it's 18 inches. Okay. Wow. And everything on the rack is within 18 inches. So uh, height and length, I'm, height and width, I mean, it's all 18. So. Yeah. He's, He's got some mass, though, man. Like, his bases of his antlers got to be bigger than a soda can, aren't they? Um. So his... His C1 through C4 had to be scored on the same place because you can't wrap around more than one point when you're collecting a mass measurement. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so they're all seven and two eighths on the left side, on his left side. And on the right side, they're seven and three eighths. Okay. So he had so, a little over 64 inches of mass, which helps him out quite a bit. Yep, man. It was a, I love them funky bucks just because they're rare. I've never yeah. once had a buck like looks anything like that on trail camera. He packed in 33 points, and wow. they are hidden everywhere on the rack. I mean, 
behind the pedicle. Inside of the pedicle, there's just junk sticking up everywhere, and there's point there's little points in there. And he broke off a couple on the inside of his pedicles, and the inside of his pedicles they come together at an eighth of an inch gap. Mm, wow! Wow! Yeah. And I I saw you uh, got a picture with Dustin of he killed that world record typical last year. You're in the Ohio show, right? Yeah, me and him, me and Dustin are pretty good buddies now. So. Heck yeah, yeah, man! That cool was—that's the first picture I believe I saw of your buck was you two sitting next to each other with your buck mounts, like sitting yeah. there side by side. It's a real cool picture, man. And uh, so, how was that Ohio show? I had a buddy yeah. one today. He said it was a pretty good time. Yeah, that was at the Sportsman's Expo. I was in the uh, Rogue Bowstrings booth. Okay. So. But yeah. heck yeah, man! That's uh thats awesome, man. Seventeen years old, already doing that. Uh, so you've been hunting since you were five. Were you yeah. sitting alone when you killed that buck this year? Uh, me and Dad. Uh, it was the last day of youth season. Okay. And from op- the opening day till the end of season, we hunt almost every day. Mm-hmm. And we put in a lot of work during the summer to to get where we're at now. So, yeah, we okay, hunt so. extremely hard. Yep, that's that's good, like, little foreshadowing to what I want to get into. And, Tyler, if you ever got questions, brother, just interrupt me. Don't don't feel bashful. <laughs> All right. My first, but, uh, question, my first uh, question for you, yeah, Carson, was uh, what, what, what was your first initial thought when he stepped out? See, that question can go either way. <laughs> so here's what – I'm going to get into the story a little bit right here because – it kind of leads into that question. Okay. Right, hold on. Before you get into that, let's uh, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. I want to get like a, a kind of the feel for how this buck went down, and then we'll actually go into the, the like uh, the moment you saw him and stuff. Let's start off with the property you're hunting. Let's uh, kind of explain that. Like, uh, how many acres go. is it where you shot this buck at, and uh, just kind of explain the property, like the topography of it, like how the property lies. Is it a big square? Does it? go in different directions and then like is that is there ag land on there and stuff let's just let's start off with that to see where this giant came from so it's our family farm and it's been in our name for a long long time that's awesome and it's real flat over here in southern Ohio where I'm at and it's a lot of CRP fields and there's two decent sized creeks running through here and they are heavily wooded I mean it's thick the deer have all the nutrients they need to get big. I mean, it's just awesome for the deer, and they grow to be huge. Yeah, but Ohio's one of those states, man. They produce year after year with giants. Yeah. yeah. So we have, I think it's a little over 400 acres on our little home farm right here. Okay. And um, we used to, well, I show 4-H, and we used to have like a, a meat meat pig operation here, and we used to, we used to dump the manure in the fields and everything, and that's kind of funny because Dustin killed his on an old uh, hog farm too. Where yeah, I was just thinking that fields. right when you said that, I was like, "It gotta be something about a hog farm, man." Oh yeah, <laughs> they got they got them pig poop in, in their system. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it's just CRP. I mean, Wooded Creek lines and sitting on this 400 acres, we got we got um, soybeans and corn. Okay. And then what's is funny it... is we got a little square plot of woods, and that's about three-quarter of an acre. And then there's a triangle plot of woods that's about 50 yards away from the square plot, and that's about a half an acre, I'd say, maybe. And, and there's uh, always like the it... same 
there's the same nine does that stay back here at this woods and we have all kinds of different bucks come out um from them crp fields and come to our woods for them does yeah so it sounds like it's been in your property for a long time i'm guessing your dad's been hunting his whole life as well yeah if we were going to go on instagram live i was going to show you our garage we got i think it's like 38 38 heads in the garage wow so heck yeah yeah. dude that that, that's awesome and you said there's some crp fields like how big are the crp fields on the property uh it's not on our property, but the neighboring property where I believe my deer came from. And I'd say there's probably 600 acres. And then wow. right in the middle, so where my hometown is, um, I think it's it's probably two miles. And it's CRP from my house. Or it's cornfields, soybean fields, and CRP just mixed in. And it's probably four miles to the school. And there's a major highway, 35 right in the middle of it and i live right on the side of 35 okay wow. so these deer just cross that highway all the time and you'll see big bucks dead on the road right beside our house all the time yeah i'm saying with that much crp man they can hide out all year long and then when that rut kicks in they, they get a little stupid yeah that what's might crazy is hardly anybody hunts near me near really? my house. so nobody nobody had pictures of there of the one i killed nobody sent any pictures to me there was one that could be a possibility, but this guy was like, I don't know, an hour away from our house. Mm-hmm. And it was from wow. five years ago, so that wouldn't have worked out. But. So uh, with your dad having that, that history with the property and him, him bringing you into hunting, he probably has the movement down pretty good by, by the time, like leading into last year, I would assume, right? You guys kind of get that feel for that yearly movement where bucks want to move through. Is that true in your guys' property? Yeah, so – I got, I got a bunch of different land that we could hunt. I'm very fortunate for what we got to hunt, and I'm real lucky, real lucky to hunt where I can. And I hunt several different properties where the deer move differently and they act differently, and you can just tell by mm-hmm. each property just the deer are totally different. So you really got to have what they're doing and their patterns down pat in order to be successful when hunting these these deer over here. Okay, so let's go into like your preseason prep. Like you said, you guys are doing quite a bit to get on these bucks. So let's say the the end of twenty twenty season, and it's like the winter. When do you guys start doing like stuff on your property to get ready for the next year? So it gets it gets real busy then because we show hogs. Okay. And then we start we start scouting. Uh, I'm gonna say June around June somewhere like that. And you guys are probably do, doing a lot of glassing since you said there's not a whole lot of woods. Yeah, we do a lot of glassing. I like a yeah. lot. So, yeah, just probably mm, five, six times a week oh, hey, after yeah. work or after school. So, yeah, we do it a lot. And we move we move tree stands around, watch what the deer are doing, move cameras around, dump mineral, dump corn because we're allowed to bait here in Ohio. Yeah. So, so what's your trail camera like uh, – like, how do you use your trail cameras on this property? Like, how many are you running on this couple hundred acres that you're able to hunt? And, like, like where are you putting them throughout the season? Like, in the summer, you guys said you're starting in June. Like, uh, where are you guys putting those cameras to try to get these first pictures of these bucks at? So, we have these small fence rows that are pretty close to uh, a creek. And it's it's on the other side of this creek is those CRP fields. And those deer tend to come to our side when they go and get water. And so, we set it up 
on the uh, fence row close to that creek, just a camera right there, and we dump some corn and some lucky buck out and throw a couple salt blocks out. And and you can't – sometimes you can see from the highway, it just depends because we do crop rotation. Um, so, like, right now it's soybeans towards the highway side, so you can drive right by the highway. And uh, it's corn right behind my house, so you can't really see the woods. But from my back doorstep, you can see where I shot the deer at. Oh, that's wow. awesome, dude. That's super cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's around 600 yards from my house to the woods. So. Yep. That sounds like my parents' property. You can see quite a bit from my parents' back porch. Like, oh, yeah. You can't – just there's one small tree line blocking where I shot my buck at, but if that tree line wasn't there, you could definitely see where I shot my buck at from my parents' back porch as well. Yeah. But uh, so you guys are – you're in Ohio, and you're able to, to bait. Are you guys, like, baiting year-round or, or basically starting in, like, the summer and going into the season, or when do you guys start putting some corn in Lucky Buck? And I used Lucky Buck actually for – I don't think it was the first time, but it was the first time in a while, and the deer absolutely tore that up like nothing else. Yeah, we've yeah, been so. we've been using Lucky Buck for years now. Um, and you can tell because we saved the buckets, and they're, like, faded and everything. We put uh, hog feed in them. So typically we start we start feeding the deer in about June and end in February, March, April, okay. around there. So pretty much all year round. Yep. And see that that's that's a cool thing, man. Like Indiana, I would honestly I'd be for it if they did it. I, like either way, I don't care. But it it's just like another tool. And like if they did that, I would rather have like an earlier season because you guys are starting starting this next week, right? For Ohio, okay? yeah, next Saturday. So. Okay, so you're a week before us. We open yep. up the, the first. and uh, Yeah, but, I open the second. Okay, so we're all about that same time. Like, we've been watching these guys. Hunt. Luckily, we got some Kentucky tags, so we got out a few weeks earlier this year. But how bad yeah. you itching to get get back out there to go off on a little rabbit hole, man? You excited oh, man. for this it, year? It's, it's bad. I've been scouting every night for the past two months, probably. Nice. Hey. I check my tactic cams probably every hour. I mean – I'm in school just refreshing the app during class. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, That's what I'm talking cams, about. Yeah, cell cams are a, a great thing and a curse, man, just because you always get a notification. You're going to check. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're like, oh, is it that big buck? Is there a big buck back? You know? Yeah, it's, it's an obsession. That's for sure. But uh, all right, so you're getting these, like your property ready. Did you get any pictures of that buck before you actually shot him that summer? So, it's funny. There's been several sightings, and he was running with a big typical. We're, we, we're still yet to see this big typical, but so all of our friends just drive on 35, and they tell us, hey, we've seen this buck out here, and he's pretty large, and you can just see from the highway all the deer, and we got people telling us info all the time about these deer, and we, we heard word about that big typical and just something, something weird running with that big typical. They couldn't tell what it was. So that's the first we heard about it. But we actually ended up taking our cameras down and focusing on another spot. We took all our ca- cameras down back here. Yeah. We had one, and it, it wasn't a cell cam. It was just a little muddy trail camera, and it was on the back side of that woods where I killed him at. And we didn't we didn't get any pictures of this deer. Just, we just heard about him all the time. And Dad seen him with that big typical one night. I think it was like mid-October when he seen him, but he couldn't tell what he was, and that big typical didn't come close enough. So, Okay. And uh, you're saying like a lot of these people are seeing this buck from the highway. Have you guys ever had a problem with anybody trying to sneak on your property and kill these bucks? (laughs) 
that's a that's a funny question. There's actually a bolt hole in my deer's antler. Really? Oh wow! There's wow. there's been some poaching cases, mm, probably a mile from where I killed this deer at. Yeah, when you get into those open areas and that it sounds like you're in some farmland type of area. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna say that seems like those areas where you can see a lot just get a lot lot more poaching. Just for one, there's not very as many houses around once you get to that that agriculture and farm areas, so people can yeah. get away with it, which they shouldn't be able to at all. But it's unfortunate. I think it's getting better. I remember when we were kids, and uh, I think it was, it was pretty bad when I was a kid, but they cracked down on it. So I, I think it's better. And I've always just heard Ohio was a bad state for poaching. Well, pretty close to me, right by my school, actually. They caught a couple guys with a helicopter. They were really? flying a helicopter and seeing the muzzle flash, got down on one, and, it, and they got them. That's ruthless. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It serves them right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay, so let's go into into the day. You you got your stand set up. You kind of know this property, so you know where they're going to go through. You've heard about this buck in the area from some of your friends and stuff. Uh, let's go into the the day you shot him. Was it, a, like, what was the date, actually? It was Sunday. It was November 21st, 2021. And I'd been hunting hard that youth, that youth, uh, that youth gun weekend. And, so you guys uh, got a youth season like in the middle of the season? Uh, yeah, it's typically it's November eighteenth, November nineteenth, just around there. So it was November twentieth and twenty first this past year. That's pretty cool. I've never heard of the state doing that. Like we have ours the weekend before Indiana opener. So this next weekend we got two days for youth youth day, and then that's it. That's the only two days the youth get the whole year. So you guys get like prime time rut. So that's really oh, cool. It's, it's it's mid rut. I mean, it's that first phase of rut. It's it's awesome. It's an awesome awesome weekend. Okay, so uh, refresh me. What day was it? November what? Twenty first. November twenty first. And uh, did you get them in the morning or the evening? Evening. Okay, so let's go into that hunt from like the moment you're like, all right, I'm gonna go hunt this spot. Like, why did you decide to hunt that spot? And like, where were you hunting and all that? Let's just go into that that full hunt. I'm a, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. So the week okay. before, my dad's buddy said he's seen this deer. Uh, where we hunt at, right off the side of the road. Whenever he drove by, he said it looks like a North American whitetail cover deer. I swear, yeah, it really does. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, he told my dad that, and dad did not tell me. He did not tell <laughs> me that they've seen that deer. So, he was seen the day before I killed him probably two miles in front of my house while a guy was harvesting corn. He was shelling corn, and he's seen this deer. And then now we're on November 21st when I killed the deer, when I shot him. And uh, we were getting ready to go, sitting and staying, me and Dad. And we were about halfway to the place that we were going to. We weren't going back to my house because we really haven't seen much there all mm-hmm. season. There really wasn't much act, much action. And uh, we get a call from my sister's boyfriend. He's standing on the back porch looking at the woods. He said, uh, hey, there's a deer out here with a, quite a bit of mass. You guys need to come check us out. And, Heck yeah, that gets you fired up, man. Yeah, we turned around. And luckily, I had a spot and scope with me. And we we got to where we could see our woods. And I was watching this deer through the, uh, through the spot and scope. And you could not tell that he had all this trash. I'm like... He's thick. He goes straight up, and he has one extra beam. And it, he does. Mm-hmm. It looks like he had a brow tiner. It looked like he only had one brow tine. So I was, 
I was like, all right, this deer's like 170. I was like, it's November. I said, biggest deer I've killed is like 150. So I think we're going to go out for this deer. And we were kind of trying to figure out a way to approach this deer. And he was out there in the field with a couple of does and like a 140s eight point probably. Nope, that's a good eight point. Yeah. And so we sat out there and we were just watching through spot scope. And he was out there tending these does. And they went in that little triangle plot of woods. It's about half an acre i was like dude i gotta make a move on this spot so i ended up crawling through this little flooded cornfield and it was kind of cold i mean I, I was soaking wet crawling through this field and i snuck up on the back side of our woods and i just posted up right there and dad was behind me and we we're just i i knew this deer was going to come back out because there wasn't nowhere else for him to go yeah so about five minutes goes by and a couple of does start filtering back out to the field. And I see this eight point that, that one forties, eight point come out. I was like, this is it. He's got to come back out. And no longer. than I said that I just seen a blob of rat come out to half acre of woods. Oh Lord. So, Hey, now we can get into Tyler's question. Now ask your question, Tyler. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Take it from here, Carson. Let me know what your initial nerve set was when that buck stepped out. So I'm like, dude, this deer's big. He's like 170s. He's nose down, dogging on these does. I was like, something's about to go down between this this 140s eight point and this deer. I was like, it's gonna get real good right here. And this, I'm about, I didn't get set up in the greatest place because those doors, those does started coming out. I was about 200 yards away from where I thought that I from where I thought that he would come out at. And I, I uh, uh, hunt with a uh, 450 Bushmaster, the single shot. Okay. And, okay. Um, I've, I've shot out to like 300. We shot pumpkins at 400, and they do pretty good out there. So it's yeah, that's pre- good shooting pretty, right there, man. Yeah, it's pretty flat at 200 yards. So I got set up, and he's nose down, dogging these does out there. I'm like, I got to take the shot. I ranged it. It's like 208, 209. And, uh, Talked to Hammerback, and I'm just watching him, and he starts slowing down, but he's still nose down, and I just squeeze it off. And I, I'm, I just jerked up from the scope. I looked at him, and his back hips just sunk into the ground, and he's oh. sitting there, front legs, trying to run. I'm like, oh, I got him, dude. And I instantly get calls from my mom, both of my sisters, and my dad. And, uh, and my sister's boyfriend they're like oh my god you smoked him and everything and so could they see it from the house yeah they watched they watched that deer they watched his back hip sink into the ground and oh, then he started that's awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. and, and what's cooler is he started running directly at me really he got wow. up and was running directly at me so i cranked another one in there shot and missed and then he got about 20 yards away from me and cut in the woods and I kind of heard some crashing in there, and I think it was just his horns going through that thick, that thick uh, wood patch. Bro, and your so adrenaline must, your heart must have been coming at your chest when he came twenty yeah. yards from you, right at you. Wow. I instantly started crying. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't cry much, but I just started bawling my eyes out. Yep, I've been and, there, dude. Just like because you said you were grinding it, grinding all year, trying to get that yeah. buck, and then. You hit him, and you know you hit him. It's just the emotions, man, that adrenaline. 
I started hyperventilating and I got up and ran to the other side of the woods. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I got him or not. I may have been a gut shot. I'm going to post up on the other side of this woods in case he tries to run out. And so I just, I just run out the other side and it's, it's been maybe five minutes. I'm just standing there ready. And I was like, dude, he ain't coming out of the woods. So I just laid down in the grass and started calling my mom and my sisters and my sister's boyfriend talking to him. And I called one of my good buddies, uh, Lake Kellis, and uh, we've been friends for forever since we were real young. And um, I had him come over. I'm like, dude, this deer's like 180s. I said, he could be 200. I don't know. And so he comes over, and everybody comes back to the woods, and we try and find blood, and it's, it's just little pin drops every now and again through this little field. And they start tracking through the woods, and I'm standing on the other side just ready. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those busted out the other side of the woods. I'm standing there, and they're like, dude, we can't find him. And so what time is this as they're, like, pushing through the woods looking for him? I think I shot him. I can't remember. It was, it was around 4 o'clock. Okay, and then so we waited, like, we waited, like, 25 minutes because, I mean, I was rushing. I was so excited. Yeah. And I, should, I shouldn't have done that. And – um. We just started rushing. We tried to find him, and I'm standing on the other side of the woods, and everybody's just everybody's in the woods, um, just tracking through that woods, trying to find blood or trying to find the deer. And a couple of those ran out, and then I heard someone yell, and I heard crashing through the woods. Oh. And this this buck jumped out the other side about 50 yards, and I was ready with that 450, and I trap shoot. And so this kind of helped me out a little bit. He started running, and I could see that back hip was in bad shape. It was broken and everything, but he's still running as fast as he could across this cornfield. And um, I squeezed it off again, and I could see, like, the little path behind my bullet just going. Time slowed down, and I could just see everything that was happening. And all I could hear was just the vacuum sound of just that bullet hitting that deer. And I seen guts bust out the other side of him. So I knew I got a gut hit on him, and he just started booking it across this field. He started running towards the highway. I'm there screaming, just panicking. I'm like, dude, he's going to go over the highway. And I, <laughs> How far is the highway from, like, from where you are? Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty close to where, I, to where I shot him at, okay. a few hundred yards. Okay. And uh, he just starts booking it across this field after I gut hit him, and he started slowing down at the end. And he ran into this little creek that's, I think it was almost a mile from the woods to the creek to where we owned. And um, I was like, dude, I need to back out. So we tried to find blood through this field. but Sorry, guys. Got to stop for one second to tell you about Cook's Fatal Deer Attractants. I've been using it for many years. The amount of big bucks I have on trail camera because of these scents is crazy. Been using it, like I said, for quite a few years. And year after year, I have the biggest bucks on our property checking our scrapes because of this scent. If you uh, go on their website, search them up, look them up, and uh, they got a bunch of different scents on there. They got scents that you can use this time of year. They got rutting scents, so it'll get you through the whole season, bunch of different styles. They got sprays. They got, like, your deodorant scent sticks and stuff like that. So go check them out. And if you use the code BLOODLINE with capital B, it'll get you 30% off with free shipping on orders above $8, I believe it is. So go check them out, get your guys' scents, and I promise you, you will not regret it. So sorry to take up the time, had to do this, and let's get back into the story. Running across that tilled field, and I watched him go into this little creek that's right by the highway. 
he went in right in the corner of it. So, I mean, we waited a few more minutes, and it was it was about shooting light, um, about the end of shooting light. And we started tracking through this little tilled field, hoping he'd be at the end of it right there, laying at the creek. And the only thing we could see were some hoof prints and some splatters of blood through the uh, through the tilled field, and it was just real hard. The mud was sticking to your boots. You couldn't hardly walk because your your boots weighed a hundred pounds. Yeah, and uh, we were just we were just walking through that field, and I think it's about a mile from the uh, that square uh, plot of woods to the uh, creek. Mm-hmm. So he ran that far with a broken. I think both of his back hips were broken, and he was gut shot also. Amateur he, bucks, man, they're they're tough. Yeah, he ran Boy, that yeah. far. And so we tracked him through that field, and I got up to the corner of this little um, this little creek. And the creek is probably 10 yards from the highway. And we were standing by the creek. There's people buzzing by on the highway, semis going by. And um, I got up to that corner of the creek, and I could just smell guts. Oh, hey, that's, told, a, that's a good smell for once, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, we got to back out because I heard him bust up, and I heard something running through the water and breaking twigs and everything. I was like, we got to back out and reassess this and get a dog in tomorrow. So That's smart. Next You're trip, real smart. Yeah, it was Monday, and I skipped school. And we, we called this tracking dog up. And we got in there probably around noon. And uh, we just started tracking this deer. And this this deer was taking us on loops across this creek. We found a couple beds of blood in them. Real, it wasn't very much blood at all. I mean, just a couple drops in these beds. In so you the think he was time, just like bedding there and then getting up, like bedding there for a, a little bit and getting up switching or something? Yeah. And I knew it was a good sign because deer, when they're gut shot, they get fever and they get real hot and typically they go to water. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. was, he was staying in this water. And uh, you could tell, I mean, he was maybe a foot from the bank each time we found a bed. And we went probably, it was probably 200-yard stretch to this, this uh, little little uh, creek. And this dog took us back and forth and back and forth across this creek and was taking us on loops. And we actually walked past the deer quite a few times. Really? It. Yeah. And there's like a drop-off and the soil kind of goes, it kind of cliffs over to where the deer was laying. And we just went around this deer multiple, multiple times. And I think it took us like three and a half hours. And Man. we finally got down the creek and we started freaking out because we could see a deer laying in the creek and just on his right side, there's like a blob of antler sticking out. And it looks like a little caribou antler. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. see that you can see that sticking out of the water. And I instantly just took off running. And this water was, it was kind of deep at the end. It was maybe three foot. And he's sitting there <laughs> floating in this little beaver tank. And I oh, jump in, this, in the water. And I sit there and I grab that deer and pick him up and start screaming. And my dad's yeah. standing in the background with his mouth just wide open, just in awe. That's awesome, dude. He hey, you saw that big buck. You weren't worried about that cold water, were you? That's right. No, no I wasn't. And <laughs> That's um, awesome, dude. I look back at that. And he's just standing there. His jaw was, was at the floor. And I was just screaming, jumping up and down that water, and that water was freezing. I got it. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine, man. I got it all in my boots. I had um, in my pictures. You can see I had nomad pants on. I looked real rough. It was a rough weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> the pictures weren't the greatest because 
I needed a haircut. It was just, it was just bad. I stunk. And, um, I had nomad bibs on that were my sister's boyfriends because I was soaking wet. I didn't have my socks. My feet were like purple. Oh, I bet, dude. Good. Because it's late November, man. It's cold by then, especially in Ohio where you're at. It was probably 30 degrees outside, and that creek's running, and that's just ice-cold water there. And um, I didn't care. I didn't feel the water. My whole body was just numb. And I just didn't realize how big that deer was. How about, okay, so you walked up on it, you got your hands on it. What was your, like, initial assessment of how big he was? Uh, I I said maybe 220s, 230s. And the dude that had the dog was like, dude, that deer's 260 inches. He goes, that ain't, that ain't no slouch. He said, that ain't no 230. That's a 260-inch deer. I was like, no, it ain't. I don't believe you. And so uh, I just started dragging this deer up out of this creek. We stuck him on the foiler, went back up to our shop that's that's on the farm, and we hung him up on the rack and just started uh, cutting him up and getting him ready to go to the taxidermist. Yep, I saw a cool picture. I was looking through your page and and uh, saw the picture. With, it would look like, I'm guessing, it was your dad, your mom, and your sisters and stuff. That was a cool yeah. picture to have your, your whole family with you and that bug. That's cool, man. In that, picture, <laughs> in that picture, you can see my dad holding a little piece of paper. I don't know if you remember seeing that. Nope, I don't and remember it's actually, that. It's actually my Uncle Ted's obituary, and he passed in April. And that that obituary stays in the, the chest pocket of my Sitka jacket, and I take it with me everywhere. And, That's uh, awesome, dude. Yeah, That's Ted cool. used to be – he used to hunt all the time. That's all he did growing up, and I went hunting with him several times, and that was my dad's role model, and that was, that was his uncle. That was my dad's uncle. So he was my great uncle, and he passed in April. And it was yep. just a real rough time for me and my dad. Dad ended up being in the hospital. He got sick, and he was in there for a little while, and it was just a real rough time. And uh, we just couldn't wait for deer season to kind of take that stress off our shoulders. Yep. And I carried, that, I carried that obituary with me everywhere I went. It doesn't matter what I, was, what I was doing, where I was going. I had it with me the whole time. Yep, hearing that story, man, it sounds like your uncle was there with you, man. Yeah, he was, look, he was looking down on us that day. That, so, that is super awesome, like, man. If, if it wasn't for my uncle, I wouldn't be the hunter I am today because I hunted a whole lot with my mom's brother. He's the baby of the family as well. And must be something about the babies of the family, man, because that's who the diehards are is the babies for some reason. Like, I'm the baby of my family. I'm the only one that's diehard. My uncle's the only one that's, like, a super diehard in their family. So. Yeah, I'm yeah. the only kid, so. Hey, I you're, up, the, you're the baby as well. Yeah, yeah, I ended up naming the deer Ted, so I named oh, it after that's him. That's awesome, dude. It'll, so what was your I, what was your like family when you like brought it up on the four wheeler? Like what did your sisters and your mom and everybody think? So only my sister and her boyfriend and the and my dad and the uh, tracking dog guy came with us to track. Yeah. My mom had to go to work and my sister did too. One of my sisters had to go to work, and so we didn't even tell them that we found the deer. We just told them <laughs> to come down to the shop. And they walked in, and mom and my sister were just sitting there freaking out. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. Yeah. And then That's, I had it, my. Uh, it's pretty rare nowadays, man, to have a full family that's into hunting and supports it, you know? Yep. Yeah. I had my papa come over, and he said, What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now you got me wondering, man. So I know you. You ended up getting this. Did you get it scored before you went to the Ohio show? I know you had some pictures with one of those master scorer guys. Yeah. So 
that night we had a little pizza party. Uh, pizza shop in town was still open, so the guy that tracked tracked our uh, the guy had tracking dog. He ordered pizza. We had a little party down there. Um, I went and took a hot shower. I got back down there, and everybody's just standing around having a good time, standing around the deer. Yeah, some uh, other people show up to look at that deer, I'm guessing? Yeah, my aunt and uncle, grandpa, grandma, uh, my sisters. That's about it. And then that's the guy awesome, that scored, dude. That is awesome, man. <laughs> the guy that had the tracking dog was there, and he was also freaking out. And uh, I, Yeah, up, I bet he was fired up, man. I bet he never tracked nothing like that. No, nah, that's the biggest deer he's ever seen. That's awesome. So, yeah. So we ended up green scoring this dude. We kind of like rough scored him in the shop. And I have the, the picture of the piece of paper. I think I still have it in my room. But we rough scored this deer at 265. Wow. Holy shit, bro. Holy crap. That's crazy, dude. Like a 160 is giant to me. That's 100 more inches. Oh, yeah. My, we were just, we were real nervous to tell people. And I, I like, I was kind of. I was waiting for me to get out of that like state of awe mm-hmm. and just realize what happened to post the pictures of the deer. I didn't really care about posting it and getting people to know it. I just wanted to just take a take a day or two to just to cherish what happened and realize what I did. That's super awesome, dude. Right I, on, man. Like, I commend for that, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. We finally posted it and it just blew up. Oh, I bet it absolutely blew up, and I was getting messages from taxidermy guys and guys that wanted me to come to their uh, ranch and hunt and everything, and it was just awesome. And then uh, uh, the guy from Buckmasters, Toby Hughes, he started texting me. He's like, "Dude, we need to get this deer scored ASAP." So I think it was two or three days later after school, we went and had a little scoring party with the guy that had the tracking dog. We we went to his house. And we scored this deer, and I think it took three hours to, to get a gross score on this deer. Yeah, I bet, dude. That's like, you can't look up a, a how-to on a buck like that. You know what I mean? You just got to have the knowledge. Or, like, I wouldn't even know where to start. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the, and the final score, you can see it in the interview on Buckmasters. Um, it came out to 259 and an eighth. Wow, congratulations, dude. That, <laughs> that is awesome. I'm clapping, man. I'm clapping for you over here. Yeah, that was awesome. It was surreal. I, I, see, that, I didn't believe it. See, that just goes to show you, man. Like, you never thought you were going to kill a 200-inch buck that year, did you? I never thought I was going to kill a 200-incher. Yeah, see, exactly, man. And that, that That's what I love, dude. I lo- Like, that's why I wanted to have you on this podcast. You're a young kid, dude. You're already fired up. You got the you got the bug like we do. And it's yeah. just, it happened to, to a good dude, man. I could tell yeah, by your page that you were a good guy. That's the one reason I love, like, Dustin Huff and – that he was the one that was uh, lucky enough to shoot that buck because Dustin Huff's just – he might be the, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He, he's just so humble. He's a yeah. great dude. And yeah. That's he's what awesome. I love, dude. It's awesome when you see these big buck killers who have these Iowa farms kill them. Like, it's cool. I congratulate yeah. him. Like, it's awesome. But for me, I love it when the like a young kid like you or a Dustin Huff kills those big bucks. It, it means more to me. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to have to send you a picture off a garage. Um, my dad's biggest there. He's got two of this category. He's got an eight point that's just beautiful. And he looks like a mule. He's got split G2s and he's got a triple split on his other side of his G2s. He's got nine inch brow tines, 14 inch G2s, 13 inch G3s. And he's just an, it's just a massive eight point, just clean. He's got 
He's got no burrs down at the, at the uh, base of his rack, and he's just beautiful. And he, I think he scored 180, 189. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, yeah you'll definitely have to send me those, dude, because uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this ready tonight or get it ready and post it tomorrow. But, yeah, I'll have you send me some pictures for the post and stuff. Oh, yeah. I got I got these th- this three deer that are set up out here. I got mine, my dad's 187, and his 189. Heck yeah, dude. That, that's super awesome. Yeah. And uh, just, I like to hear these just because there's some keyboard warriors out there, man. When you kill a buck that big, do, do you have those guys that, I mean, uh, usually yeah. the majority of people are real nice about it, congratulative, but do you, do you have anybody give you some shit say, oh, it was a high fence deer? There were so many haters. Oh, I yeah. bet, dude. Um, the kids at my school, I, I go to a, a trade school, I'm in an electrician program. And, hey, uh, stick with it, dude. I wish I would have started that younger because I went through yeah. three years of electrical. I got a bunch of buddies in, in my class. that They were just in all two, and they, they're not deer hunters, but they knew that that was a big deer, and it was rare. And yep. to, to this day, they still they call me Buckmaster, and they tell <laughs> everybody that I shot him on a, a high-fence ranch or a farm deer. That's what they call him. <laughs> and it's, it's all jokes, but it's funny. That is funny. But, yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, I'm guessing about that big. Do you have any, like, magazines reach out to you? So, uh, my North American Whitetail article, it'll be out here first week of uh, October. That's awesome. awesome, dude. I'll have to, have to snatch snatch one, man. Yeah, I'll be in the uh, Buckmaster's Rack magazine here soon, too. And then I'm getting ready to do an interview with the guy from uh, Field and Stream, I believe. Really? That's awesome. I grew up reading Field and Stream a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I even got to go see. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Keith Snyder, but he's a uh, antler collector. Yeah, yep. I heard. I've heard the name for sure. I yeah. got to go to his house in uh, Marietta. It's not too far. I bet that was wild. crazy, dude. Was that nuts? It is the most wild thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He probably has hundreds of like antlers, don't he? he he's got Dustin Huffs. He's got the General Sheds, the original General Sheds. He's got uh, Jordan Buck replica. He's got. Um, uh, he's got the, uh, the Indiana roadkill buck. I think that's what it is. Wow. So he, he's the one that bought Dustin Huff's like actual antlers. Yeah, I believe so. I yeah. How much he paid. We, I remember we talked about that on a podcast. I wonder how yeah. much he paid for a world record typical. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I bet it was a lot, but so those replica mounts, man, like you can't even tell they're fake. No. See, Dustin had the replicas on that mount at the uh, expo. Yep, I saw that buck in person on the Indiana show. Same show, just the Indianapolis one. It's yeah. big, you know, it's big. But when you see it in person, it's like, wow. Yeah, I got to see the original antlers, and it uh, it was just crazy. That is awesome, dude. So, so congratulations on that, man. Uh, it's gonna yeah, be man. it's gonna be a hard one to beat, brother. <laughs> yeah, we got big, we got big things coming this year. So keep an eye out. That's, that's what I was about to say, man. What's your what's your game plan look like going into this season? What are, what do we got going on? Uh we got we got a new property in a different in a different county that we're uh, really looking forward to hunting. Okay, heck yeah, man, that's awesome. And uh, got some good prospects going into this year. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to send you a picture of the one we got. Okay, heck yeah, dude. Well, that's awesome, man. Like, uh, I reached out to you a few weeks ago to do this podcast just because I wanted to get you out there. I could tell you're a, a good kid, man, and you're, uh, you got like, you come from a family that hunts, and I could just tell it meant a lot to you to kill that buck, and it's a rare buck. You don't hear about people killing a 260 very often. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, 
That is awesome, dude. Uh, anything else you want to cover on this this episode, Carson? I, it's just, it's a life changer. It gives you a lot of opportunities that you never had before. I got yeah. the opportunity to go down to Tennessee and uh, turkey hunt. I'm not, I wasn't never really a big turkey hunter, but I got to go down there and kill a turkey. So that was awesome. Yeah. And that was always my dream growing up was to go out of state and hunt a different animal than whitetail. Have so, you? How, how many shows did you take that buck to? Just that Ohio one? Uh, I took him to the Ohio one. I took him to a like a local. Um, it's my cousin. He did a. Uh, it's called um, Sportsman's Expo or something. No, Sportsman's Night Out. It's in Hillsborough, Ohio. Okay. It was like a. It was at a church, a big church, and we did a little show there, and they put the spotlight on me there. Hey, that's awesome. Did you? Uh, did you have anybody cool at the at the Ohio show walk up to you to come check out your butt? Dustin, I had a um, a guy named Corey Jeffers. He killed a 266. Um, he's from Kentucky. He came up here real late season and killed a 266. So, good lord, dude, that's awesome, man. And uh, I know Dustin has been busy with it, and I'm sure you've had some people reach out. He got all these magazines, so I'm excited to snatch a or a, whatever you call them, a magazine from yeah. one of those and, and read that in there and save that like when i do these podcasts I'm like i need to get the dust enough when i haven't done that and we got john who's our part of our page and he killed those couple of those 200 inch bucks and he's got some magazines and it's just cool yeah. man it's just like more of a memorabilia for me because i was able to do a podcast like with you who killed this giant with dustin huff like luckily i was the very first person that dustin huff did a podcast with when he shot his yeah. world record yeah he did one with um me either yeah he yep. uh, real tree guys and yeah Yep, I got to, I think it was, I want to say it was three days after he killed it. So it was still fresh on his brain. And uh, he hadn't got that huge rush of all the people hitting him up yet. So we got yeah. lucky to get in there with him. Great episode. If you haven't listened to that one, that's a really good one to talk to. And as you know, he's a great dude. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to stay looking at your page, dude. I'm super excited to see it. If you, you shoot a giant, man, send it to me. I'll post on the page for you and uh, get your name yeah. out there, dude. I love it just to to get some people's names out there, show these people who've been working real hard, who really appreciate whitetail hunting, and uh, just don't take it for granted, because we live in a country where we're able to do that, and a lot of people take what we're able to do for granted sometimes. Yeah, they right. do. Yeah, we're very fortunate to be able to do what we, what we can, so. For sure, but uh, Carson, who, uh, where can people find you at if you want them to be able to look you up, and if you got anything else you want to plug? I think my username on Instagram is Putnam thirteen uh, nineteen something like that. Um, other than that, I really don't have any pages anywhere else. So that's awesome, dude. You're great time doing this episode. I appreciate you taking out the time, man. You're uh, you seem pretty mature for a seventeen year old. So I think you got. Some I was going to say that. For you. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the same. Well, I appreciate appreciate you boys having me on, and good luck to you guys this season. Yes, sir, man. We'll stay in touch and uh, send me some pictures, man. I want to see this buck. I want to see your dad's buck. All right. I'll send pictures to you guys. Sounds good, brother, man. Good luck this season. You got one more week, man, and it's going to be here. So get after him, brother. Can't kill him on the couch. Hey, tell John I said what's up, too. Who's that? John. Yep. Okay. I got you. I showed him. uh, I sent him that buck right before we started this. And he was like, wow. He was like, good Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully I can be like him and kill, kill two over 200. So. He didn't think he was going to ever kill one, and then he backed right. back. So, you never yeah. know, dude. That's why you got to get out there. Yeah. But, uh, yep. Carson, I appreciate you, brother, man. Have a great rest of your, your night. It's about the end of the weekend, and uh, 
have a good good week at school, brother. Hey, thank you, guys. Absolutely, yes, Take care, brother. We'll see you. What a nice kid, brother. Well, I'll say so, man. What a just he's so mature for his age. You can hear that the way he holds himself, man. What a what a great kid. Yep, that was a that was a good one, man. That was that was cool hearing that story, man. Like, because yep. he on his page he didn't talk about it a lot, so I didn't really know what we were getting into. But he's a good shot, man. Had a deer running like that, it ain't easy. <laughs> and to compose yourself of that at a deer full stride, I've them deer warriors, man, and to hit one on the dead run, that man, hats off to that kid. Can you imagine shooting that buck at two hundred and watching no, him come God. right at you for hundred and eighty yards? No, I would have. I would have pissed myself. Goodness, like <laughs> seventeen-year-old kid keeping his composure like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. The only thing I could think of the whole time is, man, how do you not freak out like <laughs> two hundred plus inch deer running right at you at twenty yards? Wow, that's awesome. And then he was like, "Dude, I saw that buck." He said, "I don't give a shit. I'm running through the through the creek." I was like, "Hell, yeah, that's that's the shit." <laughs> that's I what's would up, do. man? Absolutely. That's awesome, dude. Really awesome, man. Uh, I could just – you can kind of get a feel for people through their page. Okay. I could just see family and his pictures and stuff. And and so I just knew it would be a good – good. so you don't hear about a 17-year-old kid killing a 260-inch buck. Rarely no. ever. Nope. That's a first for me. And, man, I, hats – again, hats off to him for keeping the composure. And I love how he, he incorporate like – his whole family dynamic behind him it's that's what it's about man having like we talk about all the time that family interaction celebrating that's that's the good stuff yep 100 percent, man it's cool that he brought up his uncle it was awesome he was able to get that buck and then have that memory after losing him like I, that that stuff happens a lot i hear a lot of people does, man. losing a family member that they were really close to and they're they were hunting and then they end up killing the buck of their lifetime yep biggest buck man that's i I hear that too it's you know it it really makes you think like man there has to be something in the air you know and that something like that magical happens it just kind of makes the whole thing sweeter yep man uh i'm i'm not i wouldn't say i'm extremely religious but i'm definitely religious and uh there's too many things like that that it's got to happen for a reason in my mind yeah like usually getting too political or too talk about religion but uh there's got to be something, man. Things work out too well, and uh, it's just, just like how that worked out. There's too many little things for there not to be, yeah, a, a god and stuff like that. I don't know, but uh, absolutely, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I had a great time talking with him. Hope, hope he gets into him this year. Seventeen-year-old kid, man. He's getting after some bucks. He had one more buck on his page. I don't know if it, it was his buck or the one his dad shot. It was a stud. I think they <laughs> shot either last year or the year before. I can't remember. I didn't remember looking at the 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 day he posted that but yeah super cool story dude like really cool story that's awesome the way it unfolded and then you know i you know that that roller coaster when you're doing a track job you know that about the highs and lows and it's you start second guessing everything you're doing and then the great reward in the end man it's just oh these white tails sometimes what they do to us it's it's just crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, like he brought a tracking dog in. He said that dude was sounded like he was as fired up as he was. <laughs> I can't imagine. I think anybody to lay eyes on a 260 inch white tail would be out of their seat. You know, I could he, not imagine that. He's a tracker, so he's in 
tracks all sorts of deer and all sorts with all sorts of people. So I'm sure he's heard this bucks two ten or close to two hundred inches. I'm sure he was like, Yeah, I bet it is. And then he showed yeah. up a two sixty, he probably should have brought <laughs> I know I would have. <laughs> just the way it all unfolded, dude. That's like we didn't have any clue. Like John was like asking some questions, like I really don't know. So I'm yeah. glad we did that podcast. It was it's cool when you kill a buck, no matter what, how it unfolds, but for it to unfold the way it did instead of him sitting in a tree saying it walking 30 yards or 100 yards right. and smokes it, him armored crawling, getting wet, getting cold, being in the right spot, that buck's busting some does around and uh, ends up working out, shoots it, and ended up finding, man. That, that's just – that's the way you, you, you draw it up, man. Draw it up, man, absolutely. Said it, Ken said it better. So, uh, but, yeah, man, uh, our season's rolling in quick. So, I know, what's, going on, what's going on with you, brother? I know your dad just pulled some cams and, uh, yeah, you said, you said you got some stuff on it. Got some good stuff. Shaq is back. Um, Ooh, Shaq boy. so videos to follow on him. A lot of bears, a lot of bear picks. Um, I, my, my dad actually ended up moving the stand based off of how many bears. He said this uh, one spot's at the top of this ridge. He has a video of these two bears actually fighting for, he said, a half hour in front of this camera. What? Um, so, yeah. A cin- and one of them's a cinnamon. cinnamon really? Was, yep. A cinnamon and a black bear. They were, they were uh, going at it, he said, half an hour rolling around. He said they were kind of playing. Then they started, at, things started escalating. He said, but it, it's all on video. So, I'll be sure to be posting that one on the page. Um, but no, we got a couple, couple good ones, uh, at this one set that my dad hung. He put a mock scrape at, um, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, he went back up, he said, and it wasn't, you know, he hung that mock scrape up, put some of that, uh, licking branch stuff on it. He said it was two hours later. He had Shaq on camera hitting that thing. He said, he's all, rubbing his face in the limbs on this pine trees so we got a lot of good prospects i think a lot of the bucks i was sending you earlier on this week um on camera they're they're moving the pressures on so they're feeling that so they're going right right into the script so hopefully uh hopefully we reap the benefits from it man but yeah i saw uh i saw rocky jr showed himself back up Yep, dude, he did. Like Dylan's been worried. We both been a little worried. I knew that they were just they were gonna come back at some point. Yeah. They're, luckily, they're doing a little earlier this year. Last year, it seemed like they left on like October first, like that last week of September, first week of October. So uh, he came back. He worked right up the ridge, man. Right where he just added a scrape, and it looked like he was walking to hit that scrape we added. And uh, right where that second picture was, yep, maybe right where the picture was. It's not a shooting lane, but two or three more steps. It's like a 30 or 35-yard shot broadside right where he was walking. So, Perfect. he does that again. We're going to we're gonna send it on him. He might but feel yeah, one. Yeah, we got him. Uh, we got Rocky Jr. And then Curly showed up yesterday. He might have been here today as well. So, we got those two bucks. Curly was here. We saw him with our eyes last year, October 1st. He just wasn't quite a shooter. He was a – I don't know if he was a two- or three-year-old. Probably a two-year-old, I would assume. Just a decent genetic yeah. two-year-old. And yeah. He – he got quite a bit bigger this year. He's not a giant, but he's a he's a shooter for sure. Like he's a he's a great yeah. buck. He's he's got a cool rack. So yeah, I like got, his rack. Yeah, we we got him, and then we got like Funky Buck. He's been showing up a little bit. And we don't know what to think about him. We got some videos where he looks real big, and then we got videos he don't look big. So 
maybe when we see him in person. But uh, we still yeah. got to do a couple things. That picture where I got – or that camera where I got a picture of Rocky Jr., it's on 10%. So we definitely got to go sneak in there. We're going to leave that one there. That's going to be a good rut spot. So a little rut funnel where they travel that ridge edge and travel from ridge to ridge and then they come up that ridge right there. It's like the, one okay. of the main spots they come up. So nice. probably just going to switch up some cameras switch them to that fall fall locations and if they're not coming on them move them around a little bit more but these bucks move around in the fall like they got their summer spot but they're still on the property in the fall but we don't have them pinpoint exactly we, we they're bedding somewhere else they're bedding around and we see them but in the fall we see them on like the different side of the field a lot of the time so we yeah. think they might be bedding on a different ridge right yeah uh, different bucks are getting bigger this year like old rocky jr he's a bigger body deer than most of them so he could just be more mature and just pushing those other bucks around but uh yeah we'll see dude next week's youth season me and dylan uh gonna work friday i think i'm he's gonna go up to the cabin he's gonna hunt friday night mess with the boat he got the boat running and he got it insured and stuff this weekend so it's good to go that's all so he'll go up Friday. He's going to probably hunt. I'll come up there after work, probably get there about nine-ish or yeah, probably about nine o'clock. And uh, we're going to hunt. I don't know if we're going to hunt Saturday morning. We're definitely going to take the boat out probably Saturday morning. We're just going to do some scouting and uh, look for some new locations. We know about the island, but there's a bunch of other little spots we want to check out. And, uh, nah. Yeah, so. dude. I'm pumped for you guys, man. And uh, how about how about how's it looking for you and Aiden? You guys ready to rock for youth season? Yep, he's got a reptile convention. Okay, he's, he's big into reptiles. Got a bunch. He's got some snakes and some lizards and shit. I don't know. He he definitely gets that from us. The geet line side. He don't get that from the solders. We don't fuck around with that shit. We don't like. We don't. We don't like. We <laughs> I don't know like you don't that. like snakes, brother. Fuck no, dude. I ain't scared of much. You'll see the the vag come out of me once I see a snake. <laughs> I don't. I don't mess with them, dude. I just. They catch you off guard. They're creepy, dude. The devil's a snake. You can't, you can't trust the snake. I can't trust the snake, brother. I just don't like the way they move. Their body doesn't look like it should do that shit. It, How they it move is that fast. freaky, man. It's it it does send chills up your spine. I'll tell you. I'll I'm while we're on this, we'll go down a little rabbit hole. Uh, the one deer season. Um, this was early on. I I was still a youth hunter, and uh, me and dad sat down in the woods and. He was, uh, he was walking behind me and we sat down up against this big oak tree. I'm sitting there and, uh, it's just getting light and I can hear something rustling in the leaves right beside me and still dark and it gets to that gray light period and I can still hear this thing rustling around the leaves. And I look, dude, and here this freaking six foot long black snake is right beside me. And it's, I mean, within reach and distance and i i'm i was only like 13 dude i freaked out <laughs> rolled over my dad's lap he's like what's going on and he saw this thing well then he starts freaking out dude needless to say we found a different tree that morning i bet my oh, uncle told me this story he's sitting in his blind in virginia it happened a couple of years back and he said he's sitting there and he could hear the same thing hear some rustling and I want to say he had it brushed in a little bit. I want to say it came up on like one of the limbs and then just poked his head in the blind and just started coming. Oh my gosh! No. And it was a—it's that blind I have. It's not—it's like a—it's a two-person blind, but not like really a two-person blind. You know what I mean? Right, right. He said he fucking lifted that thing like a linebacker, threw that blind, <laughs> and took off running. 
<laughs> I, I don't mess with snakes, dude. Like, for one, we got a lot of black snakes on my parents' property. There's so many yeah. of them. There's, I've never seen a different type of snake, even by the creek, just because then black snakes will kill, like, venomous snakes. Right. And I'm fast. I'm pretty fucking fast, dude. Like, way faster than the average guy. And I can't outrun a fucking six-foot black snake. And that's terrifying. Yep. They're so. fast as shit, man. They're freaking fast, man. But you are a fast. I will give you that, man. You are nimble as a cat. Damn, you're a cheater to keep up with in them woods. I'll tell you. The fast I ran was a, a 4 7, 40. Pretty fucking quick. That is quick, man. I only did that one time. Ran a 4 7 one time. I'm pretty clocked in at 4 9, which that's still pretty quick. That's quick. That's some quick legs you got there, Gavin Wayne. I don't think I can run that fast anymore. But <laughs> We're getting back old. in my heyday, man. <laughs> no, man. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped for you guys. I'm, I hope Aiden lays a smack down on one. You guys got that Indiana public good sign in there. I'm I'm really pumped for you guys. I love seeing the kids getting drawn some blood early, man. I love that. Yep, and uh, I'm gonna take Aiden up in tree stand for the first time this year. No shit. How's he feeling? Okay, wait. Not not the first time. I forgot I took him when he was a young kid. So he'll okay. be all right. He's, he's all 14, right. but I think just on our property, since we don't have all the fall food plots we usually do, I think I'm going to climb in that stand where I shot Homeboy last year just because we can shoot down to the right of us a little bit, and then we can shoot the whole middle field in front of us. So if anything crosses that field, just he, he, he's a good shot. I think he could kill it. If, if we could see it, he could kill it with a rifle, so – Right on. And uh, we haven't put any pressure on that property, bro. I don't even have trail cameras out there right now. So I think tomorrow uh, only me and one other guy are working just to finish up a job from Friday. So I'll probably get off a little early, and I'm planning to go out there. I got to feed the dogs for mom and dad, and then uh, probably snatch a weed whacker and just go cut a few trails, just going through there, weed whack a little bit. And if I'm feeling dangerous, might try to weed whack some of the clover, but we'll see how easy it weed whacks. Come on, dude. You know they'll hone in on them fast and fast. They'll route of least, you know, resistance. They'll take it. Yep, yep. And that bottom clover field, it's there's still quite a bit of clover. Like they're bedding in it and they're eating in it. So. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you. When we were down in there, you could see the clovers lush underneath. It's it's a good it's a good setup, man. I'm anxious to see what they do there. You know, with having everything you. Yeah, I think that thing's gonna be slamming in the rut, man. And early, like we got these persimmons now. So early, better these past two years, it's been better than it ever has. Like we were a rut property, but we'd always see like does early. We it's hard to get on the the bucks early season usually. Yep. And uh, with that property, it's small. It's quite a bit of pressure, but we rarely ever go there and don't see a deer. Well, that's a cool thing about this property. It's just. If you're hunting there, it's pretty, pretty rare that you don't see at least a doe. Right. So, uh, with us not putting the least amount of pressure, like, probably probably 10 times less pressure than we've ever put on that property. It's like, uh, between us doing food plots, I'm not on it, doing food plots, I'm not on it, checking trail cameras. It's all grown up, so my mom can't do her walking like she normally does. So, uh, they're in there, man. Just about every time I go down there, they've been down there bedding on the – little tree lines and actually in the fields and stuff so we're gonna climb up in a tree stand and uh we're gonna we're gonna bang it out we got we got we got two tree stands we can sit in and uh one looks at that bottom field so yeah i mean that's a good spot we might sit there it's just a lot you never know dude this property it's 
they, they you never know where they're gonna come from. There's the spots they'll come from a lot of the time, like right. majority, but then every once in a while they'll just boop pop out of different spots. So they're unpredictable at times. I'll tell you. You think you have them figured out, and then they throw you. Uh a right hook and it's like what the hell man <laughs> i yeah. thought i had you figured out <laughs> yeah, been, like since we don't have any uh, history with the property this year other than i had cameras out there i want to say like real early in the spring basically late winter and there was a two-year-old eight point and a couple smaller bucks so if that eight point walks out or a four point walks out and aiden wants to shoot i'm gonna let it shoot it it's gotta be bigger than yep. three point this year that's right man teaching them right man and, uh, you know, who knows, man, maybe a big buck moved in, pushed the little bucks out, you know? Yeah, you, you never know, dude. I shot my biggest Indiana buck October 2nd, had no idea he was in there. Same thing, just stayed off that property. I was busy that year, didn't even have cameras out there, walked in there, first home of the year, smashed that boy. Yep, that's the but, beauty uh, of it, man. Yeah, one thing about that property, since the persimmons are dropping, the biggest buck we had on – uh, camera like pretty regularly was a buck eight point called homeboy or not homeboy uh, called roamer had a lot of pictures on that's why i called him roamer pictures yep. like everywhere of that buck and then i saw him on opening day of rifle and then never saw him again so i'm guessing he probably got shot just because the area he ran in gets hunted hard okay so i mean we got a winter had cameras out there after season and there was there was multiple bucks so they're moving through there we just don't have history with it so it's gonna be one of those sits you never know it could walk out then persimmons dropping in a few spots and uh we're, we're gonna get after it. we're gonna have one day for youth day and hopefully we get it done we, we got pretty good history on getting it done on youth weekend so he's yeah. killed he's killed two deer he killed his first one on i want to say it was opening evening and he killed his first buck on opening morning so right on man well Let's make it count this year, buddy. I think yeah. I think you guys are right on track to draw. I think the bloodline is going to draw some blood here in the next couple of weeks. I really feel that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, John just called me today, and he sent me a video. He just got a new property. So I said, worst friends worse, dude. I was like, no-killing property. Get, That's get right. no-kills. And uh, I told him, get used to filming, because you, if you mess up filming on a doe, you just want to get that figured out, figure out what works for you. Just – don't yep. want to mess it up on that buck, you know. That's right, man. That's right. I know. I'll tell you this. First day, Doe walks by. I'm letting the Matthews eat. I am hungry for deer, man. My my freezer's running low. I uh, got two two Doe tags and a buck tag for the year, so I'm ready to rock, brother, man. It's time to fill the freezer. Yep, and at the farm, the bucks aren't on the property the first week or two. We're just going to go on mom and dad and kill some does because uh, there's always does there. Always does. And I love doe hunt. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I get fired up about a big old nanny doe just like I do, you know, a nice mature buck. There's just something. Them them mature does, they are way more witty, in my opinion, than, than a buck in the rut. You know what I mean? Uh, it's hard to kill a mature doe. Kill a six-year-old doe, it's hard to kill a mature buck. Just because one, they're on their things. So it's usually it's a mature doe. They got fawns with them, so they're not only looking out for them. They got, they're looking out for this year's fawns, which they're big enough now. Our season, especially us starting in October, them fawns are big enough, 90% of them, that they're going to survive if you do shoot that, that mom. I know some people are weary about that. I used to be, but on this property, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a doe property. So there's always fawns year after year. We got multiple doe groups with fawns on there. So it's just, if you're going to kill a doe, you're probably going to kill one that has this year's fawns, but it's really hard not to. 
And we it, just got so so many doe numbers, we just got to do it. Like, that was my thing. We haven't been shooting does because a lot of them had fawns. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to shoot them. And now the doe numbers are just pretty high. Yeah, level out that ratio. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, buddy. It's it's always good to kind of thin out the, the buck to doe ratio, you know. Um, Help your hunting, too. Helps your, your rut hunting. Absolutely, man. Them bucks got to work a little bit harder to find a doe. Yeah, there's one thing that's weird about this property. I couldn't tell you exactly why, other than the bucks are just some, like, ornery bucks. Because ever since we've had this property, I was going through photos from, like, the first year and two we had this property. The yeah. bucks just bust their antlers up. I don't know I don't know why. Really? Don't, if there's just so many bucks in the area, maybe. But, dude, year after year, most of the bucks get broken times. Like, last year, like out of all the bucks I would have shot on that property, my buck I shot was the only one that didn't have broken times. No kidding. Even that one, what was that one that showed up on the first day? You, I don't think you were there. You came by. Yeah, that was Romer. And uh, okay. he broke his antlers, I want to say the end of October, broke his G2, I believe it was. Okay. So, yeah, he broke off his biggest point. That's a dandy buck too, man. I hope I hope he's still in the area. But, you know, like you said, you never know what these bucks do, man. They, they could go – they could – go on a hiatus and hop skip and jump over a mile away and then bam show right back up you know it's like holy crap i haven't seen you in damn near a year what the hell where'd you come from you know right exactly neat but uh yeah man it's coming here season's getting here for just about everybody now so a lot of big bucks are gonna start dying and uh more people are gonna get after it so i'm excited dude we're getting into the the best part of the year Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Them them mornings each each morning I go out the door now. It's it's getting a little chilly and it's like, ooh, it's almost that time. <laughs> Come on. Yep, we got a pretty good cold front. I believe it's rolling in Thursday or Friday. So it might be a good weekend, dude. Like deer cast at the moment, it's not saying it is, but uh, the high is gonna be seventy five and the low is gonna be forty five. That's a big swing, man. That's a big yep. swing your swing yeah, i think be... it's a 25 degree difference from the high in like a day or two yeah that's a you're gonna want to be in a tree <laughs> yeah, so, man we're excited hopefully we can get our first kentucky buck on the or kentucky deer on the ground i, I mean i would love to kill a buck dylan's gonna be less picky than i am so if yeah. a buck walks in front of dylan he'll probably probably shoot it because he's on that drought like you are and uh, he's itching to hit another state but I, I can't decide, man. First, probably first two-year-old that walks in front of me, I'll probably shoot it. But uh, if not, I'm gonna hold out for try to hold out for a three-year-old to see how the season goes. If it's a struggle going into the rut and stuff, uh, we'll, we'll just see, man. Just just see how it goes. But I would really like to hunt Kentucky in the rut. It'd be I think it would be good on those properties. I do too, man. It's definitely all them properties we were beep bopping around on. They definitely have rut potential. Absolutely, mm. want to be in there in the rut. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we got an announcement for people to listen to this. We're recording this on Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to air it tonight or tomorrow, probably be tomorrow, but, uh, we shall see, but we got a new guy. He's going to be on the crew. We're going to make that announcement tomorrow. So we're adding another Midwest state and he's a great dude. Had him on the podcast a couple of times. He's just, uh, he'll fit in real good with us. Real, real nice guy, man. So I'm super excited to have him on the team. Yeah, he's a he's going to be a great addition to the team. I know that full confidence in that. He's a stand up dude, and uh, he's the type of guy just like us who takes the shirt off his back for anybody. Yep. So, man, uh, excited going this year, dude. It's 
White Tail Bloodlines fired up like like never before, man. I had a I was on the on the group last year and we had some falling outs for different reasons and uh started off fresh this year with a bunch of uh new guys. I added John, added you, and now we're adding another guy. So uh I think we got big things coming, man. John's definitely dedicated. We'll all wait for him to make an announcement <laughs> when he gets on his next podcast. But uh <laughs> nobody can say John ain't dedicated. Amen to that one, brother. So that was crazy. I honestly cannot believe he did it, but I love it. And uh, I think I'm going to have to get my first tattoo now. Yep. I, dude, I'm telling you, you get it. I get it. Um, you know me. I'm already covered in ink. So what the hell, man? And I love the bloodline. I love you guys. You guys are like family. So that's something I'll be glad to be buried with someday. Yep. I know. We kind of gave it away, but uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's right, brother. But uh, yeah, man, it's awesome. We're we're all fired up. John's fired up. The whole crew's fired up. Everybody's getting ready. Corey sent me a video. I think it was today or yesterday. And his fall food plot's looking phenomenal at his dad's house. So that's that's awesome. awesome. He's he should be slowing down with work. Corey's a lineman, so he works ninety hour weeks and crazy hour weeks all the time. He's been he sent me a Snapchat the other morning that he worked straight through the night, working like twenty hours or twenty wow. plus hours. Wow. And, dude, how about Michael's putting the smack down on some dubs? Come on. Yep, he planted his first, like, big old sunflower field and stuff, and he's been, been slain and got his limit by, like, 9 o'clock, so first two hours or something to shoot in line. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. That's good shooting right there. Yep. Michael's your epitome of just a sportsman, man. He does it all. He's got a boat, goes duck hunting and goose hunting by himself and stuff. He's known him forever. We we grew up right behind each other, so. For, right when I moved to Virginia, so I've known Michael since I was like five. Oh wow, awesome dude! Yeah, he's just—he's a shy dude, man. He's just not a social media guy, but uh, he's a good dude, man. He always kills big bucks and stuff, and uh, so. Right on, brother. Well, you ready to wrap her up? Yep, let's wrap her up, brother. Appreciate you joining me for this one, man. It's uh, oh, end of another week and the beginning of a new one. Absolutely, brother. And you know what we always say: <laughs> you can't kill him from the couch. You cannot, and I just got this real, this real sound, and then uh, uh, Cameron Hayes, it's a, like an interview with him, and he's saying that on there, so got that mm-hmm. in the works. I'm going to have to come up with something when I get some more videos, because we're all about you can't kill him on the couch. might not look like good weather, but uh, deer move when the weather's bad, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But everybody listening, I appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of the White Soap Love Line podcast. Deer season's coming in full swing. So we should have some great content coming. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm Gavin Saunders. I got my old Tyler Wilbur with me. And until next time, guys. See ya.